This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. How are you? Hope that you are enjoying your day. It's summertime at the time of this recording. Actually, I don't even think it's technically summer yet, but it feels like summer. It's so hot here today. Um, But I hope you're enjoying the things, whatever the things are for you. This time of year, I want to be out and doing things. And yesterday we went to a water park. We took the kids to a water park. My parents are visiting, so we all piled in our minivan, my husband's minivan. Let me just be very clear about that. I do not drive the minivan. He drives the minivan. I do not want a minivan, but they're great. I love it. (laughs) So if you have a minivan, it's a wise choice when you have multiple children. We drove in the minivan to the water park and we had a great time. And as we were driving in and parking, it just reminded me again of just how different my brain is from my husband's brain. Whenever we are parking, he always picks the spot that I would never pick, like ever. Like I spot a spot and he's like in the opposite direction. It's something I don't even comment on anymore because it really doesn't matter. Like, who cares at the end of the day? But I always chuckle to myself and it serves as a funny reminder of just how differently our brains think sometimes. So we parked in some random spot on the second floor when there were still spots on the first floor and it was totally okay. I noticed it. I laughed and chuckled and just reminded myself it was one way we're different and kept it moving. And I wanted to share that simple story with you because today we're gonna be talking about normalizing differences because there are a lot between your brain and your spouse's brain. This is not a problem, but for many couples that struggle, it feels like a big problem and it feels very unexpected and it feels like something is going horribly wrong when you notice just how different you are. So let's dive in to that conversation. I think part of the reason this happens for us is we are always confirming what we want to see and what we want to believe. That's the concept of confirmation bias. And when you are first meeting someone and dating them and are biased towards seeing them in a positive light, that's all you see. You see their great qualities. You see what you agree. You see how similar you are and you become 
biased towards that perspective about them. And a bias is a slant. It's a leaning in perspective that's not neutral, right? If you're neutral, you're sort of like, if you imagine a line, right? Just a vertical line up and down. When you're neutral, you're just like straight. You see the good, you see the bad. But when you are biased, you're leaning in one direction or another. So I want you to imagine that straight line is now leaning towards the left and you're biased and looking to confirm all the things that are amazing and incredible and just like you and just like the person you want to be with when you're dating. That's what our brains do. That's why the infatuation phase of love is so intoxicating because our brain is just feeding us all the stuff we want to believe. It's like, oh, you want to believe you have the same values? Let me show you all the ways that you're the same, right? And it's a beautiful thing. It's what creates attachment. It is what creates connection and feeling in sync with someone. And we love that, right? Now, here's what's also happening when you're first dating someone is you're both on your best behavior, right? You are both demonstrating what I term boyfriend and girlfriend mentality. And I want you to think about who you were being when you were in the dating phases as a boyfriend or as a girlfriend. What I find is that you're more flexible, you're more agreeable, you're more encouraging, right? Like when they propose things, you find reasons to like it, you find reasons to engage. When they want to talk to you and have very long conversations, you find reasons why that's a good thing. You find ways to engage and be present and engaged in those conversations. So you're on your best behavior. And you also see their best behavior in the best possible light. And again, you become a little bit skewed to the perspective or to the idea that this is just who they are most of the time. I remember, this is decades ago, I was probably like a kid, not really needing to be watching Oprah, but I was. And I remember... Um, she made a statement, it was talking about marriage, but I just remember her saying that marriages would be helped and saved so much more if people showed up as who they really are from the beginning. And I agree. I do think so much of what couples struggle with and fall into is that when we're dating, we are on our best behavior and we are portraying and displaying all the points where we're similar more. And so we become like hooked into this person that we just expect thinks very similarly to us, operates very similarly to us, wants and desires and has the same goals that we do. And over time, we become attached to that. We become attached to that belief. And if it's not there 100%, I think the other place where people become attached to is the potential, the potential to be on the same page, the potential to want the same things, the potential to build a life together where you both want 
exactly the same vision together, right? We've heard this concept of like, don't marry for potential, marry for what you really have right now because it's only going to get magnified and most times not in the positive direction. So we enter marriage already with a biased and skewed perspective. And that creates this really strong belief that you both want the same thing, you both have the same goals, you both have the same plan for how your marriage is going to go. And we have that belief many times without actually having explicit conversations. I noticed that even in my own marriage, right? Like my husband and I went through pretty extensive premarital counseling. We were reading lots of books together when we were dating. And yet still, when it came time to living our life and making decisions, there were things that we hadn't ever explicitly stated as expectations or goals or desires. And we had to sort of renegotiate that and rehab some conversations. And I offer that to you because that's normal. There's no way on the front end of marriage you can prepare for every decision point you will ever need to make and be on the same page about it. That's not even the goal. But what happens is we do have these beliefs that we will be on the same page, that we both want the same thing, that we both want to raise our family the same way, but we're not having those conversations. And when you do have those moments where those things bubble up and you disagree, it's alarming, especially for things that are very important, right? At the beginning of this episode, I'm joking about a parking space. That's not important. But how you discipline your children or how you navigate dividing up home responsibilities those things are, are important. They impact your daily life and many times they have long-term implications for what your family is like. So what happens though is that people aren't prepared. And when you're not prepared, your ability to navigate those moments well is lessened. And what I see is that what happens is you form these negative beliefs in the opposite direction about each other, right? So that straight line that was leaning to the left of all the positive is now leaning to the right and looking at all the negative because you're not agreeing. And when you're not agreeing and it's really important to you, what happens is you begin to see your spouse as stubborn, that they're inflexible, that they're wrong and you're right. You may even go down the road of believing you're not a good match for each other, that this is the wrong person for you, that you made a mistake. And so I offer that because it's the reality for so many people. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. For some couples, navigating their differences is hard. It doesn't feel like they're a perfect match anymore. And without tools and perspective and guidance, people will just sort of flounder and eventually maybe go their separate ways. And I don't want that to happen to you if that's not what you want. So you're listening to this episode on normalizing and navigating your differences because that's what you want to do. You want to navigate them well. And 
I have something that will help you that we're going to be talking about today. So I've come up with seven points that I just want to introduce because perspective is everything, right? I could spend a lot of time telling you how to have conversations, encouraging you to compromise, and we've all heard that advice before. And to be quite honest, when I've heard it, it's felt a bit empty. It's like, what do you do when you can't actually compromise? What do you do when this person isn't hearing you, isn't understanding, isn't willing to budge? I feel like people don't have resources and tools for those moments. And so today I'm going to be giving them to you. And it starts with your perspective on the issue. So the first thing I just want to offer is disagreements on important things are normal and every couple encounters them, right? You may scroll social media and it may seem like people just have the easiest time together, that they're so happy, that their marriage is so amazing. And that makes you feel like something's wrong with you and something's wrong with your spouse and something's wrong with your marriage. And I want to tell you, no, it's nothing wrong that whoever you're looking at, feeling like they have an ideal marriage, they also have disagreements on things that are really important. Things like parenting, things like navigating finances, things on where they live, things on what kind of work they do, how they spend their time working, things on how many kids they wanna have, things on how to interact with in-laws, right? I'm in conversations with too many couples to believe that this isn't happening for everyone on some level. Now, they may not focus on that. They might not highlight that. And I think there's a place for that where for some people, they are able to let things go. They are able to move on. But if that's not you, that's okay because every couple deals with it. And I don't want you to feel shame or I don't want you to feel helpless and hopeless if that's what you're going through because it happens. That's the first point. The second point is no matter what, I really want to encourage you to value both perspectives equally. Your perspective and your spouse's perspective, even if they're polar opposites. One of the thoughts that really helps to get you there is just believing that for them, it makes sense. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're saying, whatever they're believing, however they're operating, in their mind, it makes sense for some reason. And you may not understand that right now. You may not even understand it later, but you can trust that They're not intentionally trying to create an experience or a situation that just doesn't make any sense at all. It may not make sense to you, but that's okay. And when you value both of your perspectives equally, what you're willing to do is you're willing to look for and appreciate why they hold the position that they do. And the best place that I like to go to find an answer here is their upbringing. What was it like for them growing up in their family as a child? I don't think enough is spoken about the impact of our own upbringings and how much 
that shapes who we are in marriage and as parents. It's huge. And it takes a lot of intentionality sometimes to undo those patterns that we learned decades ago, right? So really start getting yourself to the place of what I think and want here matters and what my spouse thinks and want here wants here <laughs> matters as well. Number three is you have to look and find the common goal. Look for and find the common goal. Because there is one. I know it may not always seem that way on the surface, but I want you to just zoom out and think about who you were in the beginning and how much it really did seem like you wanted the same things. Because underneath it all, no matter how much has been piled on to your relationship and your marriage over time, those things are really still true. You still really do want to be happy together. You do want to be financially stable. You do want healthy, loved, well-adjusted children. You do want to feel emotionally safe in your relationship. Those things don't really change much over time. Now, your ability to express it or the way you may go about creating it might be different, but they really don't change. So look for and find the common goal here. What is it that we both want? The fourth point is to solve for the problem standing in the way and to stop blaming and focusing on how the other person is wrong. When I'm coaching my clients, I strongly encourage them to find the problem outside of each other, right? So if you're struggling with schedules, for example, and you know, like you have stuff on your agenda to do, your spouse has stuff on their agenda to do, and maybe it's creating a scheduling conflict with caring for the kids. When you focus on the conflict or the problem of our schedules are not lining up, that's very different than having an argument about whose time is more valuable or more important. Because that isn't really the issue. Both of your time is important. Both of what you want to do is important and valuable. It's important to you, right? So it gets you out of blaming and looking at how they're wrong. And it focuses your mind on what is the actual problem that needs to be solved. The problem that needs to be solved is not your husband. The problem that needs to be solved is not your wife. It's a bigger thing. And when you focus on that, you stop blaming each other and you're actually able to effectively problem solve because you're addressing the real problem. Point number five is tolerating negative emotions. Again, your differences are only a problem because of how you feel when you experience them. It's frustrating, you're angry, right? Those are usually the things that come up when you reached an impasse. 
it's very frustrating to want to go in one direction and your spouse wants to go in another. But when you can tolerate feeling frustrated, when you can tolerate feeling angry and you're not resisting anger, you're not resisting frustration, the way you navigate those situations changes dramatically. Dramatically. You're not in a hurry, first of all, right? So whenever you're trying to like hurry up and find a solution and hurry up and get and convince your spouse to be on your side of things, that's because you're unwilling to tolerate feeling frustrated. What if you just made friends with feeling frustrated? I know that's an odd thing to say. And I remember when I first learned about coaching, I thought it was the solution to me feeling any negative emotion. I was like, oh, this is going to help me feel happy all the time. Great. But that's not the point. The point is helping you navigate the full range of emotions and to still show up the way you want to show up, even in the midst of negative emotions. So you can be frustrated. You can be angry. Nothing is going to collapse if you are especially if you have great emotional management because you can experience frustration and still be kind. You can experience anger and still be respectful to each other. So learning to tolerate those emotions and not trying to get out of them is really important. I often give the analogy of when you're working out with a trainer, right? They will push you to lift weights or continue an activity much longer than you would. And it's uncomfortable. Your muscles are burning. You're tired. But you tolerate that discomfort because the bigger goal of having a healthier, stronger body is more important to you. Same here with marriage. Your goal is to be happy and to have a healthy dynamic and to be together for the long haul. There will be moments of discomfort in order for you to get there. And tolerating the negative emotions is part of that. Point number six is really weighing the issues at hand in light of everything else that's going well and good. So, There's not been a couple that I've ever met where everything was going wrong. It may seem that way because your brain is looking for it. But really, there's so many good things in your relationship. There's so many things that are working well in your marriage. And you want to create a list. You want to literally put the things that aren't working, the disagreements, the frustrations, the places where you aren't on the same page. You want to put that on a list right next to every other place where you are on the same page, where you do want the same thing, where you do value the same thing, where you are headed in the same direction. That perspective is so important because again, our brain is so easily skewed and biased towards what we want to believe. So if you're focused on the problems and you're focused on everything that isn't working well, how much you're different, you're going to find that over and over and over again. 
But when you zoom out and look at, okay, yep, there are these very specific, very important things where we don't agree. But over here, there are also these very specific and equally, if not more important things where we do agree. Do that work. And then the last point is being empowered where you can be empowered. There's some decisions that you will just have to make for yourself. There's some actions you will just have to take unilaterally. Unilaterally. I don't know why I can't talk today. Unilaterally. Now, those don't have to be done in retaliation or with resentment. It can just be a loving action for you. Hey, I'm making this choice for me. I know you don't like it. I know we don't agree. But it's really important to me for reasons that I really like. And so this is the direction I'm going to go. And I love you. But we don't have to agree. Sometimes that may be what you have to do. All right. So in summary, disagreements and important things are normal. You want to value both of your perspectives equally. You want to find the common goal, solve for the problem and stop blaming each other. Tolerate your negative emotions. Weigh your issues in light of all the other things that are going well. And be empowered where you can. I hope this has been helpful. I know it's been helpful. I like you decide which point is most helpful for you that you are going to pay more attention to and really apply to your life. And I have something else. I have more ways to help you with this. On July the 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern, I am hosting an amazing event for couples. It is a launch party because I am going to be sharing my new program in all of its glory and details for how it's going to help you normalize and navigate your differences, communicate more effectively, connect more deeply, and operate better as a team. Those are the things that people come to me for the most. Those are the things that I am so well equipped to handle and help you deal with. So if you want better communication, if you want to work through your differences, if you want deeper connection, if you want to feel like and operate as a team, I am your coach. And on July the 10th at the launch party, you will learn about exactly how we are going to create that result for you. So hop on over to my website, drshavon.com. There is a link there called the launch party. You are going to register and meet me July 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern. I cannot wait to see you and celebrate with you all the amazing things that are in store for you and your marriage. All right, I will see you there and I'll be back with you next time. Bye for now. 
Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.